Welcome to the Arts vs. the Virus, a limited series podcast where we interview members of the arts world to find out how the coronavirus pandemic and associated lockdowns have affected them and their work. The podcast is presented by magician Ash Price and produced by Teresa Dua through Noisy Ghost Entertainment. Hello, and today we are talking to Richard Sandling, who is an actor, comedian, and filmmaker. Richard, hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. I mean, I'm saying welcome. I am welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you feel welcome. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, actually. Thank you. Uh, surprisingly well. How are you? I, I'm also going to go with surprisingly well, um, as, as well as I can be, considering that my boiler packed up this morning. And, and as we record this, it's the day after the whole coldest night in britain in 25 years announcement so um yeah i'm i'm doing well uh so if there's an odd cut in this podcast it's because i've had to very quickly jump out to speak to my boiler people uh, so you uh, you uh, sat there sat there in a sort of wrapped in a sleeping bag or something like kind of yeah but like there's a couple of dressing gowns on and um we've got electric heaters yeah. going down in the living room so I'm, I'm kind of upstairs in my room um but luckily i've got a little curtain in this little area which helps a little bit and i think the the sound foam does something and you know there's a little bit of warmth coming off of the computer itself so i'm kind of huddled around like a, a technological campfire you put your hand if you've got like an external hard drive that probably get warm if you want to put your hands on that yeah exactly especially if it's a cheap one as well it's like this is the time you want the cheaper slightly dangerous tech because it'll get hot but I'm sure you've experienced of uh, camping out overnight for tickets and things. I'm sure this, uh, you know, maintaining a long-term sort of long-term sort of uh, functioning whilst sort of wear, living in a sleeping bag. I'm sure that's something. Oh, yeah. you're, uh... Well, I I I used to do um, walking tours in Edinburgh, uh, which is where, ah. where I live. So um, spending vast quantities of time in ridiculously criminally cold weather is something I have, I have become accustomed to. Um, and now, if I ever go back down south, which obviously at the moment's not really an option, but whenever I do, it's like I get off and people are like, "Oh, it's so cold." It's like I'm just hanging out in a t-shirt now. You should like I'm I'm coming to a, I'm coming to lovely tropical Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing a gig once in one winter with one of these you know Scandinavian comedians who who was here at the time in London. I was like, "It's cold," and he just looked at me and he was like, "You don't know what cold <laughs> yeah. is." <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah. I mean, you know, I was like, yeah, it's true. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't say it's the coldest, did I? I just said it's cold. That's yeah, not exactly. the same, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't top trumps, not top trumps, mate. It was just, an, just an observation on the weather. Exactly. <laughs> and, and a very British thing to observe as well, the weather. Yeah. Um, so, so Richard, tell us what it is you, you do. So introduce us to the, yourself to us and just tell us a little bit about what it is you, you usually do. Yes, well, hello. Uh, my name's Richard. Uh, I am, uh, well, I'm a, essentially, I am a comedian and actor. I was mainly a stand up comedian, and then I gradually transitioned through to mainly being an actor. Uh, so, we still sort of sitcoms, I still do performance and stuff like that, but um, mainly my main job is now acting, usually in sitcoms and things. You might have seen me in, uh, uh, I was, I'm a season regular in Zapped. Uh, play one of the fairies which is now an iPlayer uh, may still be an iPlayer when this comes out so check that out and I've been in Peep Show, Miranda and I'm in Catherine Tate's Nan you know things like that I'm in the Ashens the first Ashens movie yeah uh, 
so it couldn't be the second one because I had a scheduling conflict. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And remember a time yeah, when, <laughs> when, when you had scheduling conflicts. Turn work down because you were too busy. <laughs> yeah, those lovely glory days. Um, and this film, I can't, I'm making another film. Oh my goodness, me, 2019. What a what, what a, a what crazy a, what a year. Well, let's yeah, let's so actually that. let's let's go back actually to March 2020. What what were yes. your plans before all this kicked off? What was your diary like going forward? Well, I'm sort of. I mean, you know, uh, I've never really been one of those people who has lots of stuff in the diary <laughs> like months in advance. Uh, I'd like it to be, but uh, I'm not. I'm always like, come on, let's do something this week, and then I get some stuff. Um, I mean, I did have the potential of work. It was quite good because I my sort of I had like a sort of day job, uh, mm-hmm. for want of a better word, where I used to work. I mean, I still technically do, but I probably will do when this is all over uh, at the Crystal Maze live experience at the Trocadero. Oh wow! Uh, so I was like a sort of maze master. So if you wanted to go and play the Crystal Maze, I would possibly be with the person who took you around and screaming at you in a Brian Blessed voice to uh, be better at the Crystal Maze. So that was like what I would do. I would sort of do that. That was kind of what I had. So that was great because that was essentially an ongoing thing and you could do as much or as little as you wanted. And it was really good fun and I loved it. So I did as much of that as I could. So that was the thing I knew that I'd be able to do that sort of, that's the sort of thing I just did all the time. Uh, And then if anything else came up, it was easy to swap. So that was really the only thing I had in. Uh, but as you know, as everything's collapsing, people are people are getting skittish. They're postponing things. So even though I'm doing the, I'm in every day. You're like, it was more like, should I be going in? Should I be going all the way? Because I don't live in London. I live in Essex. So it's like, should I be going in? Is it going to be safe? Are people taking this seriously? Like, am I all right? You know, like before we sort of knew how bad everything was. Like, is it all right? Like, it's here. But what are we doing? You know, before there was a lockdown, there was that moment where it was like it was here. We didn't lock down or do anything, did we? You know, mm. like so I'm like going into London. Should yeah. I be going to London? Like, I'm work. I'm you know, like my teams are in there. Should I be doing this? Like, everyone's doing the best they can, but there's no guidance. So there was kind of a gradual paranoia and fear that this was all going to end. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it, lots of people I work with had loads. You know, I, I don't do Edinburgh Festival anymore, so I didn't have that sort of worry. Am I going to go to the festivals? Am I going to do this? I'm always, you know, it's not as it's not as uh, bad as it sounds, but it's very sort of hand to mouth. You know, yeah. Thing about being an actor is you sort of wake up you've got no got no work on then you wake up and you're ready to go do you want to audition for this thing tomorrow you audition tomorrow then by the end of the week you're filming it you know it's not there's no yeah. sort of uh unless you're actually going to be a featured lead in the series or they're talking to you about it you kind of it is like you know you have no work and suddenly at the end you know you have no work but then the next week you work you've worked do you know it's a very weird uh environment yeah. Yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, so you, you talked a little bit actually about things starting to alter and change. Um, what were your initial reactions to the lockdown and all these changes? Did you give gone as long as it has, for example? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I don't want to be cynical and negative, but uh, you know, when you do have, you know. Uh, willfully inept self-serving sociopaths in charge who are <laughs> actually governing, uh, then obviously it's going to go on, isn't it? But yeah. you're like, what are we going to do? It's like, it's an unprecedented situation, but you sort of go, well, I mean, I sort of, I mean, the thing is, it's difficult, isn't it? Because again, I don't want to sound cynical and mean, but mm. just, you know, people surprised at other people not 
sort of taking it seriously and helping out by like wearing a mask or staying indoors and not going on holiday to Cornwall and you know it's just bedlam but then I always think to myself like I've never like have you ever been in a quiet quiet carriage on a train Mm -hmm. no yeah so always just going oh it doesn't matter I'll just talk or they're too stupid to know they've got to be quiet in the quiet carriage so you kind of go you can't even be quiet in a quiet carriage how are we expecting people to just not be complete bellends during a pandemic is uh, is beyond me. You know when yeah. when it's like, well, you wouldn't mind staying. No, you can't. You know, you've got to say no. Stay indoors. Do you know? I think. I mean, it's I think, easy now. Well, I I, th- I think I didn't quite realise just how bad people were going to be. You know, I, I kind of thought, well, yeah. you know, th- we go on about the Blitz spirit all the, all the time. So surely the people of the UK uh, would, yeah. would would in, would adapt that attitude and. And no. <laughs> um, no, really, it's just madness. And it's like, but there's also like panic buying and stuff like that. You know, it's just, just sort of, just, you just want to sort of grab. It's almost like you just want to grab the entire UK and just shake it and go, "What do you stop it? <laughs> stop it! <laughs> what are you yeah. doing?" Like, <laughs> that would be quite a useful thing to do, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. just be able to I take mean, hold of it. Like, in terms of like the lockdown, I'm very lucky. I say lucky. Uh, I mean, I am lucky in that I'm basically fine. I'm sort of isolating with my parents, so I'm sort of in a sort of reason. I've got I've got space, do you know? It's yeah. not awful. But, you know, it's like, because of being a freelancer and, you know, as I say, not having loads of work in advance, I'm used to spending lots of time without work, mm-hmm. sort of lots of time on my own without work, do you know? Like, yeah. So... Uh, this is, you know, and also like spend a lot of time sit at home amusing myself. Like this, like this, this is like my origin story. The first <laughs> lockdown was like, now I'm like, it's like my training's paid off. Do you know, it's like now I can now now is my time to shine. Yeah, you can put it into practice. For everyone else who worked on, suddenly everything stopped. I think it was quite jarring, but for me, uh, it was mostly a continuation of kind of. You know, it's just an exaggeration of how I kind of been living for the last like twelve years, anyway. You know, so yeah, did you? It just meant that like things were shut, so it was good, but also it was actually quite a relief because suddenly, like, um, lots of things I don't like doing that I wasn't really aware I didn't like doing stopped, and so I actually felt quite happy, like because like suddenly, oh, oh, you can't go on trains anymore, and I was like, oh yes, and I'm just like, I feel great. Why do I? So I had this like weird like euphoric feeling and I was like why do I feel like euphoric and I was like because I haven't been on a train for two months I haven't had to be on public transport like this is not I'm suddenly feeling like so it's really weird like being in the midst of a pandemic and feeling strangely euphoric because 85 percent of everything that ended was stuff yeah. I'm like I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore <laughs> I haven't really been into because I live just outside of Edinburgh so I haven't been in very much at all I think in the past year I could count on on maybe one hand how many times I've actually been into the centre. And it is, it is very strange as well. And it is quite nice because I really don't like buses. Because it's, it's like a 50-minute bus journey into town from where I am. And it's just like loud and noisy. And and you kind of now, I think you notice things a little bit more. Like I, I was just out at the shops earlier. I, I noticed a chap rubbed his nose and then wiped his hand against the wall. And it's just like, you notice so many things that even outside of a pandemic are kind of gross. And it's like wow yeah i'm so glad i'm not having to actually go out <laughs> as much yeah no absolutely and every, yeah 
I mean, mostly everything's fine, but you just, you know, it's just, there is a sort of madness of things. And yeah, and also like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky, but again, I'm lucky, like I can drive, I've got a car and it's like, it's really bad for the environment. Obviously that's the worst thing you can have is a car of all the things to drive. But like the fact that I can, anywhere I've got to go, I can just drive there. Mm-hmm. Me, like I feel like I feel safer, and also it's convenient. I haven't got I haven't got to get a bus to go shopping or get a taxi to go shopping. I'm just get in the car and go shopping. Yeah, I feel genuinely kind of and like and also like the fact that everything's wrapped in plastic. I'm like before lockdown, I was like we must end this. Now I'm like oh thank God it's all safe. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel awful. Yeah. I'm like thank God this is all safe. Thank God like everything I've got isn't isn't open and had everyone's hands all over it. It's odd how <laughs> attitudes have changed to certain things and, and how... I prefer the plastic to be recyclable. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, but at least people with their grubby hands haven't been able to get onto it. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you been able to do much during lockdown um, with, with the work that you do? What have you managed to do? Well, I sort of tried to be busy. I So I embrace... Because I, I like to sort of saying like we do lots of things because uh, you have to when you work in the arts like it's very even if you even if you are somebody who specializes in one thing you will always have to try and have other things on the go but I'm very lucky in the fact that I can do lots of things it's just that in normal life you have to prioritize aspects of your so I mainly prioritize the acting yeah and the performing uh, and a bit of writing but this time but in the first time a lot of this, I was like I'd suddenly just really got to sort of concentrate on doing my music and I did like a remix for someone and I did like some podcast soundtracks and things and like did that so I started composing because I do compose but I would never say I was a composer because I would feel like in the real in the real world prioritizing that would take away from the acting but as soon as they go there's no work don't have to feel guilty about not pursuing acting opportunities because there aren't any because there's no acting work to be done like nothing can function but certainly not for the first three months you know like mm. so I went, well i'll just write or i'll do music got some money for it so that was a great thing so what have you been up to during lockdown then well i've got this live stream show that i've started up uh richard sands perfect movie which is a live stream show uh i basically decided to do it as a live stream show every saturday uh from sort of may uh, till December of the first uh, first year, which is based on my live show that I used to do. So I brought it back. It's a, a stand-up comedy show about films where comedians talk about movies and their favourite scenes we recreate, and there's games and trailers. And so I've been doing that like every week, uh, which is good. So check it out, uh, Richard Sanding's Perfect Movie. Uh, if you Google it, you'll find us. Uh, we do it on sort of face, via Facebook. So it's via Zoom to Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, just been doing sort of writing. I actually, towards the end, I... Did like I acted in like some films and stuff. Like there was by the time the sort of the sort of second-ish lockdown happened, uh, people stopped put things in motion. And I did like I did like what was it in the ITV Hub advert? If you may have uh, seen that at Christmas with the uh, Father Christmas in the military barracks, that was me. Um, Christmas lovers, that was me. Uh, <laughs> that was good fun for ITV. And what I was did that a, like? um, Filming stuff like that. What was, was that like? During it was COVID. good. I did like a Hitman thing as well, which is coming out. So I played like a Hitman in a, like three days on a Hitman thing. So it was like good, but obviously it's like it's weird doing socially distant uh, telly and yeah. films because like the, it's like it, you know, it's it, everyone's doing it properly and taking it seriously. But when you're acting, you can't be six feet away from everybody you got to talk to them. Like it's uh, especially if you're playing like a thing where you're not in a you know you're not in covid land you're mm. in normal land 
So you're not being weird and your characters don't have masks. So in between takes you wear masks, but you know, sometimes they're like, Can you not wear a mask because it'll mess your mess your makeup up? And you're like, Well, I can not wear a mask, that's fine, but then everyone's got to stay like away from me. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Having there... your hair and makeup done by someone who's like wrapped in just wrapped in cling film is a very odd thing, you know. So what what type of um protections and and, and the like are, on, are actually on set? Does it differ quite a lot from well, set to set? Mostly, yeah, I mean, well, the two two I did was so you have to like fill a form in saying you go. I mean, I don't, no one it was like for one day, so no one made you take a test before you went, but they you signed that you didn't have a fee. Basically, you just signed that you don't feel ill. Yeah. And then they usually just sort of like take your temperature uh, to check that you're fine when you turn up, you haven't got a temperature, you kind of just get on with it because it's one day, but if everyone's there. But also, it's like the film sets I've always found are quite good because nobody wants to. Everybody wants to work if they can, mm-hmm. so nobody's gonna go and ruin the opportunity to be in a film by being ill. Do you know what I mean? Like no one's yeah. gonna shut production down, so it's not feasible to do that. So yeah, so it's good. Everyone's like on it, but it is tricky when you're filming that everyone has to be socially distant, but you can't be socially distant because the job doesn't allow it all the yeah. time. You know, if you're if you're like if you're like a camera person you've got someone and the director's got to look through the monitor like you've got to stand next to the camera person do you know what i mean like you're, of course. you're not two feet apart so it's you know it's basically due diligence just got to be as you know you do what you can but then in the moment of doing the job you have to just be as uh you have to just be as, as sort of careful as you can but do the job that's the sort of tricky bit so it must be so strange it's it's almost a, a snapshot of of normality again yeah, it is when you sort of go and you're like, oh, I'm talking to people and there's like, I'm outside and, you know, it, it is weird. Like, uh, yeah, especially when I did the, um, like the ITV one, I got stayed at home the night before. So staying in a hotel that was only open for people who had to go for work or, you know, it wasn't open because it was during, but it was like, it was open for special occasions, like, yeah. or special situations like work. So you're basically in an empty hotel, do you know, like it's me, and it's like, when I sign up, show the temperature, but then you go, oh, I've got to go get some, you know, I've got to go and get some food, but then walking around the town centre trying to find somewhere to eat, of course. where nothing's open, yeah, and you know what I mean, and the restaurant's not open in the, in the hotel, so it's just a very odd, like, you have to get a takeaway, and also, it sounds like it's not the biggest thing, but you know, if you get in a strange town, you normally get a gist of where you should eat, because people yeah. are in there. When you're in a lockdown scenario, you're just walking around empty, empty sort of restaurants, going, I don't know if I like the look of this because I can't tell what the food's going to be like. So, yeah. like, you know, it's just a really weird. But, yeah, yeah I don't even know. I'll go into a supermarket. Yeah. Well, even in normal times, like turning up and rocking up into a city that I don't know, like just eat has saved my stomach on no, no end of yeah. occasions. Yeah, yeah. Which is something you go, I want to try something different, but there is there is definitely, I definitely can have a zinger from KFC and I know that'll be fine. Like, yeah. it's not, like, not necessarily what I want, but yeah. like, I can't be ill the next day by risking a sort of dodgy kebab shop. Oh, yeah. And I have, like, you know, I just can't take that chance. So I've got to, you know, it's like anytime I'm on a film set, it's like, I better not eat, better not have any fish. <laughs> Do you know, I'm always yes, just like, yes. just be very careful. Why? Yeah. So that I don't get you know you can't take that chance. I can't be ill. No, it's exactly. not like a normal. Falling sick, you have to like go in sick, and <laughs> that's not fun. 
yeah, not something we, we kind of really want to do at the moment. Um, <laughs> what, do, what do you think you'd actually be doing right about now? I mean, you, you say obviously it's obviously the industry you work in. You can never know from week to week, sometimes day to day what you are doing. Um, but what what do you think you might be doing about now? I mean, would you be preparing for any events that you, you had planned for this year? Or, or what do you think you'd be, what would be in Richard Sandling's diary? Well, yeah, I mean, the worst thing was, was that, um, like, sort of this, this early January, um, it was, like, lots of my, my, I'm one of those people, lots of my family, there's, like, 16 birthdays, there's, like, 16 birthdays and things in January, it's ridiculous, like, everybody, it's, like, I can't find Christmas presents for half the people, and I've got to buy another present, like, three days after, you know, it's just ridiculous, um, but there was like my brother was forty, my brother's fortieth, and then like my cousin's fiftieth. It's just like just loads of like zero birthdays and lots of like you know special uh, anniversaries. And it's like would have been a really, we're going to have like a massive sort of party and stuff. And obviously you can't, but that's I think that's the main thing. We're going to have like a, we're going to have a big holiday, like the whole family, because it's like so many people having special birthdays and things. We were just going to go away and have one massive shindig, uh, and we can't. Thankfully we didn't book it. It was just something we were going to do, but. You know, mainly it was just uh, I would have just been planning to like do some cool stuff with the family, but yeah, uh, I don't see, I don't have plans, I don't have that plans that far in advance because there's no point, just get through it, just get through, just wait to what turns up, and then hope something else turns up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, with me, it's kind of like okay, I know I'm going to do the Edinburgh Fringe each year, and that's kind of for the most part, the most in advance thing I generally tend to have in my diary. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting world, the arts. Um, yeah. So we've seen things come out of lockdown. You've mentioned your your show that you do, Perfect Movie. Yeah. And there, there have been a few films that have been made in lockdown, and there's been some interesting creative work that's hybridising theatre and film um, in quite interesting mm. creative ways. Uh, is there anything that you've either been a part of or you've seen that's happened during lockdown that you'd be quite keen to see continue once we return to some sort of normality? Well, I mean, the thing is, I did make a film. I am one of the people who made a film during lockdown. I made, uh, sort of around June time, having to it out, I made a feature film uh, that I made just on Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. Like a comedy feature film. Uh and so doing that remotely was a really interesting experience because it's just kind of like, what are we going to do? Let's make a movie. We can make, we can, we can, we can record Zoom. Let's make a film on Zoom. You know, like, let's work out how we do it. Just be people having chats on Zoom. Uh, and there'll be some sort of narrative at some point. But basically, just be people having chats on Zoom and there'll be like dancing and, you know, it's like, you know, so it was really interesting. And then getting everyone in and go, yes, I'll write that. And then I wrote it. And I was like, I'll get, yeah, let, let's do it. You know, gradually just sort of do it. And it just sort of got people in it because people are free. Although, you know, not as easy to get people in a thing as you think, given that uh, everyone's indoors with nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you think it would make people, you think it'd be easier to get hold of people and they'd be more available. Turns out almost the opposite is true. Uh, <laughs> people appreciating like, their time off. <laughs> well, I don't know. Or just, just, just not, you know. Turns out lockdown one was not the time to uh, uh, for uh, comedians and actors to improve upon their personal admin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> skills. <laughs> no. Tell us a bit more about so the gonna... Well, yeah, so basically I wrote this. It was called Phase. Uh, it is now available on Vimeo On Demand if you want to go and uh, watch it. So basically I had this idea for a film. I thought, I've got an idea. What could we, What would be a good 
thing to do. And so it was just me and my friend Holly who helps me do perfect movies. She sort of was my sort of Zoom facilitator because you have to put things via Zoom into OBS and all that kind of thing. It's very complicated. I still don't understand it. Uh, so uh, I wrote a draft of it and then I sent it to my friend and he was like, this is good, but you need some more stuff in it. He was like, you're right, I do. So I put some more stuff in it. Uh, and then I got some people. So a friend of mine who's in it, uh, Sophie Cameron, uh, she's a poet. So I used one of her poems as one of the like the scenes as like I made it a two, two-parter. And we just sort of got everyone together and sort of filmed it all over, filmed it sort of via Zoom. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting thing to do because now everyone's like, oh, you film it over Zoom. But at the time, like, I, you know, I'm not so obviously... I wasn't naive to think I was the only person, but there hadn't been anything made via Zoom. Like when I made, when I came up with the idea and was doing it, there was no, there was no template. I just thought I'll make a film via Zoom. Do you know, yeah. like yeah. things came out since, things came out since me starting it and editing it and trying to finish it. But it's basically just me doing it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a production company. I'm not, like, I don't have backing, didn't have funding, didn't have backing. I had like Holly helping me when I was filming it. And then I had, my mate Carl helped me with the sound when I was doing the post when I was doing the editing, but otherwise it's basically just me and then help from those two. There's no like help, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what's taken me forever to get it done. This is just me in my room editing, trying to do it and also trying to do perfect movie. But you know, made an entire film via Zoom, which is a really interesting way of doing it. It's quite tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy to make a film via Zoom in terms of recording it. Uh, assuming, as you know, like obviously technology gets in the way and the internet is always rubbish. Like there were some, you know, we had like two hours with each actor to get all their scenes. We filmed the whole thing in two days. Uh, and then it's just just lots of talking. Right. And the hardest thing is that, um, so I'm just doing it and I'm acting, but everyone's acting. We're kind of reading it. We're kind of reading it off a screen rather than mm-hmm. like, so what we, do, we kind of got like a PDF document up and we just look, we're just reading that. <laughs> rather than like memorizing it so we're not even acting with each other half the time yeah and uh also if you know if anyone's done a zoom recording you don't get the zoom recordings till you finish the zoom meeting yes so i can't can't watch back whether it works or not i have to just like go that sounded good that that's the take i want and then just sort of move on do you know like it's uh it's sort of really complicated it's yeah. complicated if you want to make sure it's fine. So you have to kind of go, that's good. That's why Holly was there to look at it. But then she's not taking the responsibility of directing it. I just have to go, did that look all right? She was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's move on then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was good. But then obviously then there's challenges when you film things on Zoom. Um, if anyone's ever going to do it, just be aware that um, it records to a really, really low screen resolution. Right. Uh, which is good because, I mean, if you get the business, I think this went, they might have changed it now, but when I did it, you could have got a higher screen resolution, but you had to request it. And I always think, why do I have to request it? Just give it to me at the start. Like, you know, I'll minimise the quality if I don't want it that big. Let me have it big. And then I'll, yeah. you know. But, so basically, I made this entire, so I've got like a, you know, a 1080 webcam and the whole thing recorded in like literally 360, 360 Ooh, resolution of all the footage I got. And I was like, I had no idea I was going to get a 360 quality footage. Should have checked, but I just, you know, this is what happens. You don't check. So then I had to uh, upgrade the quality. Mm. <laughs> That's what took time. I had to get all the footage I wanted and then make it all uh, 720. 720 was the quality we ended up with after I upgraded it. Right, okay. So then... Because everything wouldn't work, I then had to get that 720 footage and export it 
from Final Cut Pro. And I'm using Final Cut Pro 7, not Final Cut uh, 10, which, so that, again, that's got problems. Uh, and export it to uh, four, like four, 422. So I could then have like, so I could have it all of that. So even though it doesn't upgrade to that high definition, so I then had high definition versions of it, so I could just edit it together. So then I could at least, you know, be working on it. But that's okay because it's a Zoom movie. Like as long as it's, what we did was it's consistent. So there's no, everything looks the same. So you doesn't actually notice that the quality is yeah. not that bad. It's like it's consistency. As long as everything looks the same. And obviously you've got things in the footage where things glitch. Mm-hmm. So that happens naturally. There's other things where it doesn't glitch, but say there was like someone stumbles over a line, but uh, but uh, 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 I don't want that in there. So I have to put a glitch in. I have to put a glitch in, like there's a zoom glitch. So oh. half the time, I can't tell if I've put glitches in <laughs> or if I've had to find <laughs> I've had to work around glitches. So it's all tricky things like that. So it's like invisible editing to make it. Sometimes you just like do you put the zoom effect in of like yeah. the, everything itself. Sometimes it sometimes like a jump works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like in my screen, a little little, little glimpse behind the sort of the magic of it all. Uh, in my screen, there's a uh, lava lamp behind me. Mm-hmm. So what I would do if I had to do an edit was I would just uh, copy and paste uh, the lava lamp over there over the all the image so the so the bubbles don't move. Right, so then okay. the, there's like the visual so the the thing that has movement remains the same so you don't notice the other so it's just clever things like that and then you know it's mainly sound was the key make sure the sound's good make sure it's clear so people can hear it uh make sure that because basically there's no cutaways it's just it starts the scene goes it finishes there's no edits there's no cutaways do you know like sometimes it goes full screen sometimes it doesn't but that's because it's like the other person in the other frame their camera dropped out not right. because i don't want to be you know that's just one of so I go, oh, I've just come full screen because I've lost the other people. Okay, but that happens in Zoom calls, so that's a natural thing to just keep in, you know. Like, but then yeah, sometimes exactly. I have to put that in to make it look like this is this is all just part of the day. So it's it's that's the sort of interesting thing you do. Uh, the weird thing is I was talking about recording on Zoom. Is you get the sound on Zoom. Uh, Zoom comes in three three sounds, don't you? If, you, if anyone's recording anything on Zoom, you'll know you get the audio, but then you'll get like an all a separate audio track for each person who's in there. Uh, which is really useful because if you put Zoom footage into Final Cut Pro or you put my Zoom footage into my Final Cut Pro, what you have is the longer the scene, uh, the dialogue goes out of sync because it's on a diff- obviously it's a different, the, the audio is a different frame rate to the video. Mm-hmm. But then I've got to continually like move dialogue forwards. You know what I mean? So after I've got it, I then have to go through each person's dialogue and match it up to their, move each bit of dialogue to rematch it to their yeah. to their dialogue to their mouth, but also on top of that, <laughs> because uh, it's like it's the way Zoom is and the way Zoom records and the way it is, it's a little bit fluid and a little bit like you know not 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 fluid. But you don't have there's not a lot of definition. So when people move their mouths, it's not as definite. There's quite a sort of a, a natural sort of flow that you notice if you watch a Zoom call. Yeah. So it's very hard to find like the point where someone says a word because their mouth will just be moving and half the time the words don't match. So you have to actually find specific points where it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so if someone goes, hello, how are you? It might be that you have to match the you up rather than hello because yeah. that, what the mouth doesn't make sense to you get to you. And as long as you've got enough of those, people, the people's eyes and ears just adjust to it. So there's a lot of bother. Basically, I just spent about like four months 
uh, editing and doing sound to make it look like I hadn't done anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's it, isn't it? It's, it's making it look like you've done nothing is 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 kind of where the hard work comes in. It's like to make something look like you've not done yeah. a huge amount to it. It actually takes a lot of work. If I hadn't done anything to it, you'd, you'd know that I hadn't done anything to it. But because I have done stuff to it, I've just made it seem like... You know, it's like you've got to make the make you know clean the dialogue up, make it. But you can't make it too clean because it's supposed to be recorded on a computer. So if you make it too clean, it will be jarring because it's too clean. But if you make it too authentic, then it's like yeah. you can't listen. You can't listen to computer audio for eighty-four minutes. You know, you have to have a sort of a cachet of. Uh, you know, you have to have some concession to the audience's comfort when yeah, you're making exactly. something like. This. Yeah. yeah. So it's. Uh, it's... It sounds like it's actually a really excellent learning curve and experience to actually have yeah. done something like this. Well, um, I'd definitely do another thing on Zoom. It's like I'd definitely make another Zoom movie if I could or things. I think like the idea of just, but like not just. This was like because because the whole point was I'm having Zoom chats with people. Yeah. But I like the idea of doing more interesting things with Zoom as a format because I've always been a fan of like split screen stuff like that. So I like the idea of working on like Zoom as a as a filmic medium, you know, to do some sort of like art, but using Zoom as a format. I like the idea of doing that. But uh, as we're saying, the thing is, I think you were asking the question before about like things you'd like to keep yeah. from Zoom, like as we move forwards. I think for me, uh, one of the things about it is just not having to leave the house to do things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's he's, definitely uh, positive. It has, but for two things. One, uh, you do auditions. Now you can audition via Zoom. So you do self-tapes, yeah. which is always a thing that was always, that was always a thing when you act. But usually you have to go, you know, all the way to London, stand in a room, hello, Richard Stanley, Corey Mobile Management, you do, you know, profiles, hands. I would like that cheese. I would like that cheese. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And you go all the way back to it. You know, it's like, there's no need to go all the way to London or anywhere, you know, like, yeah. but now I can self-tape that. And if they want to see me again, we can do it via Zoom. We yeah. can have a Zoom chat, and I can audition from home. Like it's 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 great. Um, I mean, I had no idea that um, must have a, you know must be a landscape. Okay, uh, full length shot requires. Like I'm six four. Like there's just no rooms in the house big enough for me to do a full length shot. Yeah. You know, it's just like I had no idea of everything happening uh, doing it from home. But being able to get a full length shot of myself would be the hardest thing to uh, do. Uh, so that's really great. Like, haven't had to spend all the time and money I've saved not going to London for castings. Do you know? Oh, and I've got and I've got work from it. Do you know? So it's it like these these it works. Like I've auditioned well enough to get work from it. But the other thing about it is like having the Zoom beers. Obviously, you want to see people in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a given. But being able to see people, as I say, it's probably like you. Like you'd have to like meet people in Edinburgh for a beer or something, and it's like yeah. fifty minute journey. You know, it's a fifty minute bus yeah. ride to meet people. So I can meet those people at home, and then when I finish, I just oh, if I do it, if I jump on a Zoom gig or I do my own Zoom gig, I just finish and I just go next door. I don't yeah. have to. I've got a ninety minute journey home. Like this is brilliant. Like this is the best. Like it finishes, and I'm already indoors. This is like amazing. Yeah, a couple of people have actually uh, so, mentioned that that they've the ability to just kind of finish work and not have to worry about the commute and the the getting home and just you're just there, yeah. pop the kettle on, oh. grab a beer. I don't mind it, you know, because that's what you do. But it's one of those things where, like, you know, that's that's the sort of the classic example of the thing I was mentioning a bit earlier of the thing that you don't know you didn't like doing 
till because it was never an option not to do it. Mm-hmm. So you just get on with it. It's a very sort of stoic approach to the things you do. It's the same with everyone. You know, you have to get up in the morning to commute to work. So for me, doing it later, it's just the same thing. It's a commute. And suddenly you wake up and you go, oh, I haven't had to commute anymore. If I do any gigs, I just move next. I just move to the next room and sit at a desk yeah. and do it. You know, I can do it in my pants if I want to. Do you know what I mean? It's like I had no idea I didn't like I had no idea I didn't like having to continually go to and from London. <laughs> like yeah. as much as I, as much as I don't now that I don't have to do it, I don't really want to have to do it again. <laughs> like I just yeah, that's wanna, totally fair. Wanna do everything via Zoom and never have to go anywhere unless it's to drive to a film set to film films. That's really all I want. Yeah. And I think this I mean, this must work out quite well for for businesses and organisations as well, because they're suddenly realising, hey, we we don't have to go and do it either. We can just stay at home. <laughs> and like it, It's kind of working out for a lot of people. It's obviously not working out for everyone, but there's a lot of people that have suddenly discovered, hey, this method saves a lot of people a lot of time and energy and, and cost. And I think as well, it's the um, not being particularly a live performer anymore. Do you know, like, not doing the stand-up, not doing theatre. I mean, it's when they closed all the theatres. So many people I know, like, they've got no work, like, at all. Yeah. There's no there's no summer cruise ships. Do you know, like, there's all the things they did relied on there being a live entertainment industry. Yeah. Whereas for me, I sort of would do stuff, but largely I would just put things on that were not, like, that profitable. I'd put them on because I thought they'd be fun. Or I'd act in telly and adverts and films so being able to sort of still act you know because so my even though like not, there's no work there is still films adverts and telly and i was always doing that so it's you know i'm sure if a good theater person went out for a casting they would but then the, if they've got a, they've got theatrical more theatrical minded agents or theatrical minded sort of you know networking circles it's harder for them to suddenly start doing adverts like yeah. they would you know so whereas i'm like I'm sort of very lucky in that you've got the live streaming thing, which isn't very lucrative, but it does pay a bit of money. And then adverts, if they want to audition for adverts and do some adverts, it's a great, you know, it's like I'm sort of lucky that the thing I've always done has sort of kept, is sort of carrying on in the mix and I can audition for things. So, yeah. Uh, So I guess finally then, um, when do you see this starting to, to relax a bit more and then ultimately end? so that we can kind of feel that we're back to as close to normality as, as we were. When, when do you see that happening? Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is the problem. Like, again, not to sound cynical, but I don't think it will end. I don't think this will... I think there's going to be... I think there's a difference, isn't there, between when will this end and when should it end? Well, <laughs> we'll yeah. There'll come a point where they'll be like, it's better if everyone just dies. We've just got to start getting the economy back up and running rather than uh, actually wait and <laughs> get us going. Like, yeah. You know, I it mean, I don't know if they're going to have to immunise most of us, aren't they? Like, ideally, I mean, they won't. Yeah, it will be one of those things where they'll be like, it has to open again. So it will, it will you know, it will open too soon whenever it opens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, won't it? That's exactly what it's going to be. So I don't know. Because who we've got in power. It will sort of never end because yeah, which is here now, isn't it? It's like, it's going to be, you know, it isn't like another flu, but it will have that thing of like, every year you're going to have to get your COVID jab because it's just going to, it's not going to go. It's just going to be a thing that we have to just live with. 
I that's think, what I'm expecting. Forever. It's just, yeah. But I'm hoping that, you know, once we all start getting immunised uh, and those who don't want to get the virus just just die and stop wasting everyone's time. Uh, <laughs> like, we can just carry on as normal, but with the same sort of process of panic, you know, so. Yeah, I, I think that that does kind of make sense that we probably will open sooner than we realistically should, um, which is a, a sad, <laughs> sad and upsetting prospect, but is it's going to be happening, isn't it? Come on, yeah, but I mean... I mean, it is bad, but like you've just got to think of the landlords. Will someone please think of the oh, landlords? Oh, poor the landlords, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, you know, they're the victims of all this, so that's, that's who we need to be looking out for, is the landlords. <laughs> so, on that note, I think that's a, that's a nice note to end on. Won't somebody think of a landlord? Yeah. Um, <laughs> take this opportunity to kind of pimp your stuff. Uh, yes, hello, uh, or goodbye, as it may seem to be the case. Uh, as I say, Richard Sandling, uh, if you would like to check out my film Phase, you can uh, check it out on Vimeo On Demand uh, forward slash Phase. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on all, uh, just richardsandling.com or I am Richard Sandling. If you Google me, I am the only one. You will find me. Uh, but I am on, uh, on, all, on Twitter. I'm squat underscore bet if you want to follow me personally. If you want to follow Richard Sandling's Perfect Movie, it's RS Perfect Movie at Twitter and also Instagram. And I'm on Instagram as The Sandling. You can follow me there. And other than that, uh, check out my YouTube channel, Bucken39. But also just type in Richard Sandling and you will find anything you want. Uh, but check out my live stream shows, Richard Sandling's Perfect Movie. And also check out Face because it would be great to have people... Uh, watch it and if you like it tell me you like it because it's always nice to know that people like your stuff <laughs> it's a pandemic everyone's mad if you see something <laughs> and you like it same with this same with this podcast if you like this podcast let us know oh yeah. that was a great podcast it's like cost nothing and it just makes us makes us uh, feel good about ourselves that we're not just wasting everyone's time yeah uh, so <laughs> do say nice things if you like it is always better to compliment a thing than not compliment it. Yeah, exactly. Say say nice things because it also encourages us to do more. Um, Richard, it's been absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, you take care of yourself, and yeah. here's to the future. Yes, thank you for having me. Farewell, farewell. Good luck, everyone. Good luck. We will Bye-bye. get through this. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Arts First the Virus. Your host was Ash Price. The podcast was produced by Teresa Dua through Noisy Ghost Entertainment. Find the Arts First the Virus on Facebook. The music used was What Is Love by Kevin McLeod from acompatech.filmmusic.io forward slash song forward slash 5015 hyphen what hyphen is hyphen love used under a Creative Commons license.